Tonight, we're going to discuss a principle of recovery and, and really look at step one. You know, step one has been around for a long time, and, you know, many people have changed it to, to fit their need. But, you know, step one is that we admitted that we were powerless over life-controlling issues, whatever that may be, and that our lives have become unmanageable because we continue to have this habitual sin in our lives. You know, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's lust, maybe it's cupcakes. You know, fill in the blank that each and every one of us has an area in our lives that is in this place that it's unmanageable. We, we try to manage it. We try to, to hang on to it. We try to do it our way. We try to control it. We try to hide it. You know, there's many different ways that we try to continue in doing what we've been doing. You know, we... We try to, to to do it in a different way or or less, and we try to control it. You know, but we come to this place where we have to admit that this thing in our lives, whatever that might be, is destroying us and destroying those that are around us. You know that the recovery, you know, community has been using the steps for a long, long time, and there's millions of people that have worked steps and have stayed sober or found freedom in one way or another. The last time that I really looked into it, there was over 300 different types of 12-step groups that people have just taken these principles and applied it to whatever it is that they need to overcome and have been using these, you know, steps to help find freedom in a relationship with God. You know, it's like a master craftsman, you know, as people learn to use certain aspects in their trade, you know, that the steps are a tool. And as we learn to use this tool, that we find that it, it helps chisel out all the junk and allows God to come in and heal and, and fill the areas of brokenness and areas of wounding in our lives. You know, and it, it's important that we realize that there's many different tools, you know, but this tool seemingly works for, the hopeless state of mind and body that many of us have been facing and some of us may be facing this evening, that we just don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know how to get free. We, you know, continue to go around and around and around. And we continue to find ourselves in these places of brokenness and, and pain. You know, I've been in and out of recovery for 20 years. You know, and I, I tried to do it my way. You know, and I tried to, you know, find the easier, softer way. And I didn't think that I needed to do this, and I didn't need to do that, and I didn't need to listen to this person. But when I struggled and suffered enough, I said, it's time that I, I try to do this. You know, so what is really the, the purpose of the steps, or really what's the purpose of step one? Is that we have to learn that I can't keep things hidden and expect to get free of it. You know, I have to come to this place where I admit it. I have to admit that this has control of my life. I have to admit that I'm powerless over it. It has complete control over me, even though I think that I have control over it. You know, over and over and over again, it continues to destroy some aspect of my life. You know, and I may get a little bit of control, and I think I have it this time, and I'm managing it well, and then before I know it, the floodgates are open and pain and destruction begins to happen and I've 
lost another job and I've lost another relationship and I've lost this and I've lost that. And, you know, a lot of times we lose our relationship with God too. You know, and many of us haven't had a relationship with God before we came into recovery or we had some sort of religion, you know, in our childhood. So, you know, we come to this place and we have to admit and we see that the steps in a whole have a lot of all this God stuff in the intermixed. And for me at first, it was very intimidating and I didn't want anything to do with it because I didn't believe in God and I didn't believe that God was the solution. But as I came to the conclusion that there was areas in my life that I had no ability to change. You know, for me, you know, I had been sober for a, a number of months and I was going to meetings on a regular basis and I was still very angry, very depressed, had all this shame of stuff that had happened to me and stuff that I have done to others. And I really came to this conclusion that there is no way that I can make my anger go away and there's no way that I can make my shame go away. I've tried many different things to, to mask it or hide it or cope with it. But the truth of the matter is, is that these things overwhelm me on a daily basis. You know, I was very depressed back then. Had a lot of, a lot of anxiety, you know, because I kept continuing to try to control every little tiny area of my life. And things were completely out of my control. You know, I've been sober for a few months. So my number one coping mechanism of drugs and alcohol was taken away from me. So it was like I was a raw nerve and I had no idea how to live life on life's terms. You know, so I had to, to realize that I had to let go of the thing that I've been hanging on to. And I had no idea how to let go of it. You know, so it's so important that we come to this place that I admit that whatever this thing is that's hurting me, and I begin to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this way anymore. I have to seek help. Because so often, we know this area is hurting us. We know it's been hurting us. And we don't know how to stop doing it because on some level, it, it's helping us get through life. So we think. You know, many of us have been using different medications, you know, illegal and illegal to cope with life. You know, we've been using relationships to cope with life. We've been using food to cope with life. You know, and then all of a sudden, something begins to fall apart, and we feel like we've lost ourselves. We don't know who we are anymore. You know, and we have to realize that without this thing that I have found my identity in, as it's been stripped away from me, that I'm left behind very broken. And I have to realize that I'm powerless to change myself. You know, there's a lot of self-help programs that this is not one of them. This is a Jesus help program that we may use the steps and may other programs may look at it as a self-help program. But I believe that I come before God as a broken individual and I need him to heal me and I need Jesus to change my life and I need a, a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus. But I cannot come to Jesus if I don't admit that I'm a sinner. I have to confess that I am broken and I don't know how to live my life. I need a Savior to save me from myself. I need a Savior to save me from my sin. So it's so important that we realize that this aspect of powerlessness, that it's so hard for us to truly wrap our mind around it because we want to gain control. We want to have power. We think that if we just try harder, that somehow it's going to get better. 
Now, don't get me wrong, there's action involved that we can't just sit still, lock ourselves away, you know, sleep the days away and expect that real change is going to take place. Because trust me, I've tried it. It doesn't work. I've wasted years being depressed over a broken relationship and waiting that one time that time is going to heal all wounds. Well, it's not true. Time does not heal all wounds. You know, if there is a significant wound, that if I don't address it, if I don't tend to it, that it can get infected and affect the rest of my body. You know, and many of us have emotional and physical wounds. You know, that things that have been inflicted on us in our childhood and growing up through the years and stuff that happened as a teenager and stuff that happened in our early 20s that has been eating us alive on the inside. And we try to compartmentalize it. We try to push it down. We try to pretend it's not there. We try to live in this aspect of denial. But the truth of the matter is, is it affects us on so many different levels, even though we think it's not really bothering us. So it's so important for us to come to this place that we admit that we're powerless to change this thing and we need Jesus to come into our lives and begin to heal the very aspects of the thing that's killing us. You know, and it's so hard because what if I let it out of the box? All this emotional pain, what if it really comes? I'm not going to be able to stop it. You know, I don't know what to do with it. You know, and it, we have to realize that I have to stop trying to manage my pain. I have to stop trying to manage it my way. I have to release control and give it to Jesus and say, I'm ready to trust you in this area of my life. Because as long as we are still trying to control it, as long as we're still trying to manage it, we're not completely giving it to God. We're not completely saying that I'm powerless over it. I have one more trick up my sleeve that I'm going to try to control it. I have a little bit of power. I realize that this is a problem. I realize that it's been hurting me, but I'm going to give it one more go, and then that doesn't work. So I'm going to try it a different way. And we continue to, to spin the manipulative wheel around, trying to figure out how I am going to do it my way. And for me, that's never worked. You know, many of us in here have tried to manage our pain. Many of us in here have tried to manage our addictions. Many of us in here have tried to manage other people in their addictions. You know, that it, it surfaces in many different ways, but it's so important that we realize that we can't do it. I need God to come into this aspect of my life and, and help me to change. You know, I need people to come alongside me in this time in my life and help me to change. Because when I'm in my darkest place, the thing that I want to do most is isolate. The thing that I want to do most is get away from people because I'm hurting and I'm, I'm vulnerable. So I, I push everyone away because I, I can't stand to be hurt one more time. And I don't want to listen to what anybody has to say. And I don't want to hear it one more time. I, I know, I know, I know is the battle cry of someone that's broken that doesn't want to do anything. You know, and it's so important that we come to this place and say, I can't do it. I need help. I need help to, to find freedom. I need help to grow in my relationship with Jesus. That we cannot continue to sin in different ways and, it's, and really expect that it's not going to hurt us. You know, and a lot of us have gotten victory in many different areas of our lives. And we're like, well, this area isn't as bad as the other areas. 
And that's a lie that we tell ourselves to justify that I can stay doing certain actions and it's not a big deal. But if we classified it as sin, then it is a big deal to God. Because it's one more thing that's in the way between our relationship with Him. And He's a jealous God. And He works things out in our lives to remove these things so that we could have a deeper, more intimate, more personal relationship with Him and find the freedom that He is declaring over our lives. That He takes that challenge on and saying, no, I need to remove these things out of your life so that you can grow with me and become the man, the woman that I have called you to be, that I know you can be. And a lot of times he strips things out of our lives and it hurts so much. And we can't understand how this loving God would be hurting us. But what we don't realize is we've been hurting ourselves. And he removes things out of our lives so that we can grow with him and truly find the healing that we really, really want. But somewhere down the path, we got off somewhere, and we decided, like, this is good enough for me. And God says, no, there is more of me. There is more that I want to give you that you have not reached good, because I am good, that he is that good, good father, and he wants to, to restore us. But for us to truly find restoration, we have to come before him and say, I'm broken and ready to be restored. You know, I'm ready to do it your way. You know, and the first step is so important that that we identify that this is my issue. Maybe it's alcohol, and I need to admit that I'm an alcoholic. Maybe it's drugs, and I need to admit that I'm an addict. Maybe it's food, and I need to admit that I have this, this weight problem, or I have this food addiction. Or maybe it, it's, <clears throat> you know, some other aspect. Maybe it's pornography or, or sex, so I have this sex addiction. You know, maybe it's anger or depression. You know, I have, I turn to these things and, and I don't always mean it. You know, it's just the way that it's been for such a long time. Well, God wants to take us out of those places. He wants to heal us. But we've tried to do it on our own. We've tried to do it our way and it, it just continually doesn't work. So we have to admit that saying, God, in my best efforts to manage these areas of my life, I can't do it. So step one truly is this step of humility. That when we are using pride to protect ourselves, that we hate the idea that I have to admit that I'm powerless. That I hate the idea that I have to admit that I can't manage this. I hate the idea that I can't control a substance or a thing. That I can't have control of it. I can't do it. I can't overcome it on my own, without God, and yet still believe in God, but yet not pursue God, not ask God into the equation, because he might ask me to do it a way that I don't want to do it. So I'll have a belief system, but not a faith system, and not a relationship, that I'm still being disobedient, because I'm still trying to do it my way, even though I know that I have an error. Many of us know that this area is present, that I know that I'm an alcoholic, that I know that I'm an addict, that I know that I have this sexual you know, addiction, that I know I have this food addiction, that I know that I, I try to control, I know that I try to manipulate, but yet it doesn't stop me from continuing to try to manage it and do it and control it my way. Because if I let God in, then God's going to ask me to do it a, a different way, his way, a very uncomfortable way. A, a way that's out of my control, a way that I don't know what's going to come. 
And many of us really struggle with really moving forward in certain areas because we don't know what to expect. That getting healthy scares us. And a lot of times we sabotage ourselves. Or we only go so far because we don't know what to expect. That we're always expecting the shoe to drop. We're always expecting something bad to happen. And a lot of times we manifest those bad things that happen because we're still trying to do it our way. And if we would release control and let God in, that it doesn't mean that we're not going to have trials. It doesn't mean that painful things may not come our way that have nothing to do with our fault. Because that's just life on this sinful rock. That that's just life, living life on life's terms. That painful things happen. People do things that hurt us. And we will do things that hurt other people because we're still sinners whether we believe in Jesus or not. You know, it's so important that we come to this place that we admit defeat. It seems crazy. But the truth of the matter is that if I don't completely surrender this area, as long as I'm still trying to manage even 10% of this area, that that's 10% that God can't work in it. And then when it gets uncomfortable, I'll take the other 90% back. You know, I like to, to test God. I'll give him a little bit. And if God behaves himself, if God does what I want him to do, then I'll give him a little bit more. And I've learned in my own life that that's not how he works, that he wants it all. That he will step back and wait for us to realize that my attempts to manipulate him won't work. That my attempts to get God to do it my way will not work. That I have to embrace truth. I have to be honest. And I have to want to change. You know, and there's been many different, you know, things in my life that have pushed me towards change. One of them being the police. But you know what? In the end, they didn't change me. You know, I had a loving mom that wanted me to go to rehab, and I went to rehab, so she paid my rent. And change did not happen. You know, I've been on the, the verge of getting in trouble, so I, I jump into some sort of recovery so I can tell the court system that I, look at, I'm doing good. That did not change me. Because on some level, I wasn't tired enough. I still wanted to try and manage it on some level. And I remember very clearly coming to my end and saying, I am so tired. I'm so tired of feeling like this. I'm so tired of living like this. I'm so tired of, of continuing to go down this road that doesn't lead anywhere but more pain. And the truth of the matter, at this point, I can't blame anyone else but myself. That I continue to hurt myself. And I'm tired of it. I need help. And the first step is really saying, I need help. I need God to come in. I need people to come in. I need to learn how to live a different way. I don't know how to do it. That we have to surrender to win. That we have to embrace truth. The truth of the matter is, is the thing that we're hanging on to is destroying us. And we may not want to let it go. And that, hence, that is why we continue to try to manage it. But for us to truly find freedom, we got to get honest with ourselves and saying, I can't live in this place anymore. I need to fight off my depression. I need to fight through my anxiety. I need to use the word of God to teach me how to, to battle spiritually. 
I can't just let my, my thoughts run. I can't just let my anger out of control. I can't just feed a little bit of lust because it's never enough. It's never enough. It always wants more. My flesh will never be satisfied. I can't just drink one beer. I, I can't just do one thing because as much as I try to manage it and I think that I have control over it, I know that one more step in the wrong direction could end really badly. You know, and most of us in here have tried to manage our, our addictions or, you know, control, you know, compulsive behaviors or, or you know, life controlling areas. We've tried to manage it. We've tried to control it. If the first time that this said thing has hurt us and we just stopped, many of us would have been good to go as teenagers. But the truth of the matter is, is many of us are grown adults still trying to do things the same way we did when we were kids. And it didn't work then, and it's not working now. And we have to come to the conclusion that I can't do this anymore. And I have to really understand that it can't be done alone. You know, I try to emphasize it over and over and over and over again. You know, almost every week it comes up. You know, it's Ecclesiastes 4 that one person trying to do this alone will be defeated. Two people can stand back to back and defeat the enemy. Three people can be interwoven like a cord, hard to break. It's so important that we stop trying to do this by ourselves. Our pride says that I, I can do it by myself. My pride says that I don't want to confess it another time. They're tired of listening to me talk about it. That's a lie of the enemy because he knows that if you bring the thing into the light, the light will begin to shine on it. The stronghold can be pulled down. The foothold can be broken off. And you can start to walk towards freedom. If you bring people in the Holy Spirit into the equation, freedom will come. So the enemy bombards you and teaches you and, and keeps you in this place of isolation so that he continues to hit you wave after wave after wave after wave with the temptation and then the condemnation and then the temptation and then the condemnation and the temptation and then the condemnation until you give in because you're not asking people to come alongside you and give you accountability give you encouragement, give you truth when you need it. And it doesn't mean that we're not praying. But a lot of times we pray and it doesn't happen as fast as we want it to, so we get frustrated with God. And I guarantee if there was a way to measure our thought patterns, we have way more negative thoughts than we do prayers. And if we could even try to even say balance it out, that I have as many negative thoughts as I do prayers about this area, that I probably get breakthrough just with my relationship with God. But I allow my negative thoughts to 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 numer to be ten more, a hundred more times than I pray. I pray one prayer and then I spend the rest of the day being negative. I say one prayer and then I spend the rest of the day obsessing over the thing that I, I said one prayer about. God set me free. And then I spend the rest of the day obsessing, obsessing, obsessing. God, why didn't you? I'm not arresting my thoughts. I'm not holding them captive. I'm not asking for help. I'm not bringing them into light. I am still trying to manage it. And I have to come to the conclusion that I cannot do this alone, and I, can, I have to stop trying to manage it between my ears, not just in my life. I have to begin to let people in 
to help me, to guide me out of darkness, because if I could let myself out of darkness, I would have done it already. But the truth of the matter is, is that I need help to do this. And that's what the steps are all about. It's truly asking for help. And it's letting ourselves go through this broken time in our lives with people along next to us and discovering how God is going to set us free. You know, many of us know about God. Many of us can recite Bible verses. But how do I make the God of this universe and my relationship with Jesus Christ practical in the moment? A lot of times we don't know how to apply the words that we can recite. A lot of times we, we don't know how to wait upon the Lord. And this is stuff that people teach us how to do. I didn't know how to do it. You know, pastors had to come alongside me. You know, people came alongside me. And would and encourage me, just don't pick up. Don't quit. Keep going. God's going to set you free. Just trust Jesus. And in the moment, you're so pissed off and you're so emotional, you're like, oh, stop saying that. It doesn't make it any less true. Just because we don't want to hear it one more time does not mean that it's not true. And it's so important that we realize that I need help to get through this. If there isn't specific men and, and women of God that have been in my life in the past decade, I wouldn't be here now. Right at the right moment, they would encourage me. Right at the right moment, they'd give me a word. Right at the right moment, they'd rebuke me. Right at the right moment, they'd tell me that I'm, I'm not doing it right. And right at the right moment, they'd say, well, just pray about it. Don't make a decision in haste. And I would get so mad because what I really wanted to do was run away. And a lot of times I convince myself that if I run away, it's not really what it seems. I'm not really trying to run towards sin. I'm just trying to adjust it. That I'll be okay. And every time that I'm literally at the, the moment that I'm about to run, I would hear the Lord say, do you trust me, Tom? I'm like, yes. He'd say, sit still. Just sit still. And I would get so mad because I wanted to run away. And I would justify in my head that I'm not going to go run and do bad things. I'm going to go to college, or I'm going to go find a different church, or I'm just going to step out of ministry, I'm getting burned out. Or I'm going to, I have all these beautiful excuses of how I'm going to just manage it on my own. I don't want to do it God's way, I'm going to manage it. And the truth of the matter is, is I've heard many people tell me what they're going to do. And so often one step in that direction, what they intended is out the window. You know, and they're right going in the wrong direction. And because all the enemy do it does is keep fanning that. Keep whispering in our ear. And the second we get out from underneath our covering, the second we get going in the wrong direction, that second that first pinky toe touches that sand, our feet are swept out from underneath us and we're flat on our backs and we're like, how did this happen? Because I convinced myself of deception. I convinced myself of a lie one more time because I was still trying to manage it my way. I still not, did not want to let God in to do it his way. I still didn't believe that I was powerless over it. 
you know, and we have to come to this conclusion that whatever it is that I'm trying to run to, it's not going to make it better. You know, I had to convince myself that drinking a drug is going to make this worse. I had to convince myself that continuing to be, you know, a man that's active in sexual addiction is, is going to continue to, to, to bring condemnation and shame and guilt into my life. You know, I'm currently working on food. You know, I have to continually tell myself that if you eat this way, you're going to be where you don't want to be. It doesn't change. The enemy just tries a different tactic. You know, and we have to remember that I can't do this alone. I need support. I need encouragement. I need the Lord. You know, and we have to come to our own conclusions and saying, I'm done trying to do it my way. I'm ready to do it God's way. I'm ready to try to, to begin to learn how to use these tools, these principles in my life. Because I don't like the person I am, and I don't like the way I feel, and I don't like what I'm doing. And it's time for me to change. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that, that says that the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Your road to real recovery, your road to real healing starts with admitting that you can't do it anymore. And you're going to stop trying to manage it. You're going to stop trying to control it. And no one can do that but you. It's a decision that you have to make. That I'm going to say no to myself. And I'm going to say yes to people. But most indefinitely, most importantly, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Because I want to be free. I don't want to be that, that freedom to be a word that people talk about. I want freedom to be an experience that I'm living. I, I have the liberty that the Lord has given me. That he has set the captives free. That I've walked out of my grave. That I've taken off my grave clothes. That I'm a new man in Christ. That I am walking out my purpose and my destiny. And it starts with admitting that I can't get there on my own. No matter how hard I try, I cannot do it on my own. And each and every one of us has to make that decision. No one can make it for us. And it's one of the hardest decisions that we make is that I'm going to humble myself and admit that I can't do it and I'm going to ask for help and I'm going to listen to that help and I'm going to begin to do it a way that someone's trying to teach me and I don't know what to do. But it's only until we humble ourselves before the Lord and humble ourselves before people that we can begin to walk this stuff out. If you just bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in everyone's life in this room. Lord, and, and everything that you're doing in, in all of our lives, Lord, that you have been setting us free, that we are not where we used to be, that every one of us in this room has stories of victory and how you've moved and how you've set us free, Lord. But help us to come before you again, or even for the first time, and say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm powerless. I need you to help me. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of trying to hide it. I'm, try I'm done trying to manage it. I'm done trying to control it. Jesus, I'm ready to do it your way. So, Lord, I pray that you would move right now and encourage each and every one of us that we can do it with you and that you would guide us to the right men or women that, to help us to, to move forward in our lives. Jesus, I just ask that you'd supernaturally begin to, to heal these wounds. You'd uproot these areas of brokenness. 
But Lord, help us to realize that there's work involved. There's action to this. That There's stuff that I need to learn to do. There's stuff that I need to apply on a daily basis that I need to, to surrender to you over and over and over again. If the obsession to do this, you know, to pick up, to use, to run away, the obsession to use anger or lust or whatever that obsession might be, that I, I fight that and I talk about it, that I confess it, that I come before you and I ask you to heal it. That I ask you to help me. Lord, we need you so much to help us to take these steps. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.